Wake up. Alicia Bell is the founder of BLXVC, an angel syndicate of moms mobilizing money for black and brown women entrepreneurs. She's the deal flow lead for Pipeline Angels, a network of women and femmes. Alicia also advises the PayPal Ventures Black Lives Matter Fund and serves on the board for Black Girl Ventures. For more details, go to www.leishabell.com. I am Kiana Patterson, born and raised in Seattle, Washington. I'm currently living in Los Angeles, and I am an angel investor and venture capitalist. I like to tell people that my first love and joy was as a middle school teacher, and that profoundly impacts the way that I invest and how I impact and essentially uh, help founders build world-changing companies, and really excited to be here. Hello, and welcome to Sisters with Ventures, the podcast where we amplify black and brown women who are angel investors. On this show, we will explore what is angel investing, how to become one, and why would you want to be one? We will discuss how the most marginalized women persevered to the very top of the investing spectrum. Whether you're making money moves or barely making money, listen up. I'm your host, Lee Chabelle, co-founder of BLXVC, an angel syndicate run by Black and Latinx women who are on a mission to represent ourselves and claim our seats on cap tables. Stay tuned. Hello. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Sisters with Ventures. I have my lovely guest today, Ms. Kiana Patterson. How are you doing? I am wonderful because I'm sitting here with you. It's so lovely. We are in these lovely Los Angeles streets. We are in these lovely sunny. I, w- I hope it was sunny, but it's not it's sunny. It's kind of gloomy today. Just a little bit. We got the May Gray early. Oh, goodness. You L- remember that. L.A. people don't like it when it's not sun. So. Luckily, I'm from Seattle, Washington, so this is, this is all good for me. As long as you don't jump off a cliff. No, listen, okay. I don't know not one person who's jumped off that a mountain. That is so good. Not one. Like There's depressed. a lot of joy in Seattle, Washington. Thank you as a black woman from Seattle. Yes, very much so. <laughs> um, so, Miss Kiana and I met um, about a year ago at uh, University of Southern California, Black alumni event, go Trojan in L.A. Fight on, fight on. And uh, you went to the Marshall School of Business. Yes. And um, you are a big time institutional investor. Yes, and an LP. You're an LP. You're mm-hmm. an angel. Mm-hmm. You're many things and many titles. I have had many titles. That is correct. Um, and before this, you were a school teacher. I was a middle school teacher, the best profession, the bre- best grade level ever that you could teach. In L.A. Unified. Here in L.A. Unified, wow. public school teacher. So this is this is not a career progression story, you know. And maybe it's similar. <laughs> maybe working with children <laughs> and working with founders are... <laughs> listen, listen, what I like to tell people 
is that working with kids is uh, is actually really no different than working with adults. Kids yeah. are literally just younger humans. They have emotions. They're trying to figure themselves out in the world. Uh, they have less knowledge, right? Yeah. But they are uh, human just like an adult is. So, you know, ushering them through the, you know, very stages, the smired stages of themselves from 11 to 13 is pretty joyous and crazy and chaotic. But I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, and I know in L.A. you've been very active in Pledge L.A., Captail Coalition. And we'll talk about the office you work for and to share with people all different forays into venture, right? So I work for Corporate BC. I think people know that. Um, But there are many ways of what we call institutional investors. Um, And this is so exciting to talk to you about your story because I think you'll give us a lot of new perspectives. But first, I want to know about Kiana from Seattle. Can you share a little bit of your origin story? Yeah, totally. uh, born and raised in, in Seattle, Washington. Um, my dad was in the Navy, mm. and he's originally from the South, from Louisiana. And um, he likes to tell people that he got stuck in Seattle, and the reason why he got stuck in Seattle is because of me. I was born. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my, my mother's side of the family had migrated from the South, also from Louisiana. Yeah. Um, my grandmother was, you know, in that generation that migrated to Seattle and, and, and set down roots there. I was a public school uh, kid, um, and uh, I was really precocious, really inquisitive. I asked a lot of questions as a kid. I really wanted to understand why the world was the way that it was and why it moved the way that it did, why it was science the way that it was. Um, and I just got involved in everything that I possibly could as a young black girl in a predominantly white schools mm-hmm. um, and just excelled from there, played basketball. I was a cheerleader. Um, I was in honors classes, but I was still trying to figure out who I was and mm-hmm. where I was supposed to go and being a first-gen college student not having a lot of social capital. I like to tell people, I grew up in the shadows Mm. of some of the most iconic companies in the world, not in the state of Washington or in the country, but in the world. When you think about Amazon and Mm. Microsoft and and Boeing, um, these are like game-changing companies. Right. and I grew up in shadows, and not I didn't know not one person who mm. worked for any of those companies. Not right. one. Right. So when you think about my origin story and that con- that connection, essentially, right, to these, like, world-changing tech companies, being a black girl, a child in, that, mm. in those shadows, and not having a distinct connection to them, but knowing that they were there, that I think that was a key driver for me and makes all the sense of why I ended up where I did. Yeah, and let's talk to how you got there. I would love to learn the story from, you know, being a teacher to being a venture capitalist um, because I'm sure you were not accredited investor when you were a teacher because we surely don't pay them enough money. Oddly enough, I think I have some of my earliest pay stubs (laughs) (laughs) from teaching. Um, You know, I loved teaching. Mm -hmm. I loved being an educator. I just didn't know if I was better at something else. 
And I started out uh, teaching at such a young age, right after, you know, graduating from the University of Washington um, is, you know, I landed in Los Angeles and I took my anthropology degree and started teaching middle school. And if I look back at myself then, I could have totally seen myself staying in education. But I just had this gnawing thing in me. And subsequent years later, I realized what that thing was that was gnawing at me. It was probably two things. Um, But at the end of the seventh year, I knew that I loved it, but I didn't know if I was better at something else. And I figured, why don't you try something else? And if you fail at it, you can always go back to teaching. It's not like there's going right. to be, you know, there's going to be a stop at how many more teachers there can be. And there was going to be, you know, a shortage of schools that I could go. At. I'm living in a city that has the second largest school district in the nation. So, right. Um, right. you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what that actually meant. And that was in 2000. I'm dating myself. So, you know, do the math if you'd like to know how old I really am. You just had a birthday, too. Yes, I did just have a birthday. Um, And uh, that was, I think, in 2006 or Mm 7. And uh, I was just like, yeah, let's just go for it. Let's just jump. And people thought I was totally crazy because at that point, I wasn't actually even a teacher. Then I was an administrator. I was a dean Mm -hmm. of a very large uh, middle school. And so um, I landed in it. An ed tech company, good transition, right? Yeah. So it's the the transition was from you know teacher to admin to now uh, going into work for an ed tech company. And if you can think about it, it's like makes total sense. At one point in time, I would have been the user, the end user of this product. Right. At one point in time, I was the buyer, right, mm-hmm. of this particular um, product. And so, who better than those types of people and personas to be able to then? you know, go in and and help a a tech company build something for those users and buyers. Okay, so you went from teaching to ed tech. Mm -hmm. And And, how were you exposed to venture capital from that experience? Um, As I started progressing in that first company, I went in that first company, I went from trainer to interim CEO in five years. Um, And I started attending conferences, being around other ed tech executives and operators, and realized there was no one that looked like me in the room, ever. Mm. Um, there's no black people in the room. And I'm thinking the numbers of you know students of color in this country, how come the people who are, are building technology and solutions for both teachers and students in this country don't look like the students? And don't look like the the, right. the the army of teachers and 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 support staff in schools, um, and and I realized like oh there's this whole world of like people who are founders and company execs, and then there's these investors, these people who are like investing in companies, and they are getting to pick and choose. And I started attending conferences where those two groups were coming together, right? Investors and mm-hmm. founders and. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the room that was had a tag on it that said investor, you know, did not look like me. Right. And so thusly, most of the founders in the room also didn't look like me. And I, and I, I, I set out that precociousness in me, that curiosity, so, you know, sought out like figuring out the why of that. 
And that propelled me to start helping uh, early stage founders of color. A lot of them would come to me because they would see me speaking at conferences. And at that point, knowing I was a, a, an executive, C-level executive in companies in, in the very space that they were trying to build in for guidance and things mm-hmm. like that, built relationships with uh, investors as well during that time. And that was sort of the foray into, you know, the challenges that I saw at that time in this sort of global uh, K-12 ed tech space. Uh, there just wasn't enough builders that looked like me, and there certainly wasn't enough people on the other side of the investor table that looked like me and started making some small angel investments into some companies that I thought had a good shot at, um, you know, blowing things up and doing some really good things in the world. So tell me about your first angel investment. Well, that's a good question. First angel investment, um, this was a, during the time where um, everyone was talking about, well, we call it now the future of work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, back then, there wasn't a sort of this nomenclature around future of work, um, but they were talking about what, how was education and, and schooling going to change, right? And, and many different types of pathways to uh, becoming a software engineer. And we knew that there was obviously people were saying there's not enough, there's something wrong with the pipeline. We don't have enough engineers. So there was these alternative sort of ways to get certifications and uh, a quickly sort of, um, you know, up the ladder in terms of software engineering. So you had a, a bunch of coding boot camps that started to, to grow um, and get funded. And there was one in particular, I don't know how they found me, but I think it was Twitter. Maybe it was Twitter, maybe it was something else. But there was this this couple, married couple, um, who had started their own coding boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, the husband, Gregorio, um, had been an engineer for TMZ and some other very large companies here in um, uh, L.A. And his wife, Liliana decided to start their own coding boot camp. They saw there was a glut, there wasn't or there wasn't enough and they wanted to sort of, you know, make sure that, you know, people of color didn't get left behind. So somehow some way we connected and they invited me to their first class that was graduating. That's, you know, I don't know. 15 years now since mm-hmm. then, um, their first class, uh, I was at their graduation at that first class. And I just remember the faces of, of in that first class of faces where they were now going to, you know, go and work. And these, these since then, uh, you know, those engineers have gone on to work at Microsoft and some of the Google and some amazing companies and I just studied what they were doing um, and really loved the fact that they were reaching out to a much broader mm-hmm. group of potential software engineers. And that was the first angel investment that I made. I wasn't sold totally on whether or not we could totally reimagine education in the form of a, a boot camp, but I knew that they were onto something. And I wanted to, you know, take a chance on what they were building. And they are still around. They're still growing. Uh, they're, you know, at this point have graduated thousands of students. Um, and it's, it's amazing. That was my first one. So it makes sense. You know, I've been this ed tech executive right. and then we're thinking about the future of work. And well, here we are. You know, we like to tell people to invest in what they know. Yeah. 
right? What your expertise is. Or what you're like or what you're buying. Exactly. And yeah. and that is, you know, part of what shapes your investment thesis mm-hmm. and what you feel most confident in writing that check. So let's talk about how you got to get a check that you could write like that. Because you were a teacher. <laughs> I was a teacher. But remember, by that point in time, I was... A dean? Uh, you know, no, that first... Uh, first check that I made was I was already in the ed tech space and had been an executive were, in a company for, you know, at that point, probably 10 years. So did you get equity? Did they yeah. exit? They have not exit. They're still around. Okay. Uh, they're still growing. Uh, they have taken on some uh, additional capital. I am uh, formally an advisor with them as well. So I have both, you know, advisor shares with them and also as an investor on their cap table. Um, and so they're still around, they're still growing. Um, so I'm still super excited and passionate about what they're doing and, you know, you know, whether or not there's a huge exit, you know, I imagine there, there will be a huge exit because again, you still start thinking about what are all the needs? Do you need not just front end or back end engineers? Now we're going to need AI. We're going to need engineers who know how to prompt really good. The AI, uh, the chat GBTs of the world, we're going to, uh, need, we, we still know that we need, um, cloud engineers. We need people with all kinds of, uh, uh, certifications and, and, and safety and, and things like that. So there's just no shortage of what can be done there. Um, that was, so that was, um, they're still around. Good. So Kiana may have an exit in her future. <laughs> well, I've already have an, I've had two exits already. Oh, excuse, from, <laughs> excuse me, audience. Please tell us two. more about that. I've had two exits, <laughs> which is kind of cool. One is when IPO and one, um, uh, which isn't doing so good, but most of the IPOs for the last several years haven't done too well. Um, and the most recent one I had was at the end of last year. I actually uh, invested in them um, 13 months prior and then a private equity company. My favorite thing to happen, a private equity ca- company came along and said, oh, I'll buy you for, you know, X hundreds of millions of dollars. And that was a really, really easy you know, non-sexy company uh, that I invested in, but yeah, exit 13 months later. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, That's not typical, audience? That is 13 months is not a typical exit. That is not a typical exit (laughs) at all. That's luck. That is. And some... Some insights. Some I was gonna say <laughs> luck and and certainly insight. Watching sort of the tailwinds of what was happening in the cloud infrastructure space, and I'm really big on like this totally non-sexy kind type of investing, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 watching watching the tea leaves of, of all that is is amazing to do. So let's talk about your transition from so when you're in ed tech, you started angel investing, so you're already in the angel space, but then you moved into more institutional role. Can you talk about that transition? Yeah. So, you know, I was at this point in my career uh, leading some leading strategy for a mobility company. So I went from, you know, ed tech and K-12 and then I moved into like rideshare mobility, which is really cool and awesome for me. I seem I liken myself as like a B2B, hardcore like B2B enterprise SaaS person. But again, wanting to like learn new things and and understand what are things that are changing around us in the world is super important. Uh, So leading strategy for a a mobility company was really exciting for me and still touched upon education. So I pulled still my expertise around that time. 
it was during the pandemic. So many things happened during the pandemic. I continued to do some SPV investing, so pulling other people's capital uh, to be more like an institution, although it's deal by deal. Um, in, in making investments and being sort of the, the manager, the GP into into investments uh, like that. Um, and I did uh, Black VCs, Black Venture Institute. And I was a part of the first cohort of uh, the Black Venture Institute. And it was around all of these operators, just like me as well, who were uh, starting to dip their toe into the world of investing. Because I think, as you know, there was this sort of... Um, shift at some point many year a few years ago of getting more operators to become venture capitalists and so a bunch of black executives and operators taking this sort of you know uh, crash course into venture capital and and things like that and I did that course was the in the first cohort and then I started thinking do I seriously want to like be a full-time investor at that point, I had done angel investing, SPVs, done the venture, been with a venture-backed company, you know, all those things that I think you go check, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then started getting recruited. Banks, I will not name the bank. Okay. Banks. <laughs> uh, I mean, they are still here. Their name is going to change. Okay. Yes. Um, so banks, uh, corporate venture, um, and some other um, VCs, and just started having those conversations. And um, there was another one, family office, that came along too and just had a, a sort of a point where I needed to decide, what do I want to do? Do I want to go sort of the corporate VC route? Do I want to go traditional VC? Do I want to go family office? And I think even at that time, I didn't even know that family office thing was a a pathway that I could go down. And, you know, I met some really cool humans and uh, actually decided to go down the pathway of uh, family office. And that was simply because it just felt right. Uh, Mission aligned. Can you define kind of what a family is and nuances that mean. Yeah, um, I, I describe it as basically a, a family, if you call it. Uh, a, it could be an individual um, person who wants to take their own money. So they're not taking outside money, but they want to take their own money and make institutional-like investments, right? Not just one-off angel investments here and there, but they really want to take their capital create a thesis, although some family offices, a lot of that family offices don't have a like, like rock solid thesis, Mm -hmm. um, but they do have an interest in certain types of things. Maybe it's, it's akin to like where they made their money from those kinds of things. And they want to invest, you know, like an institution, but with their, their own capital. Um, And so I'm lucky enough to, to be in partnership with, you know, a family office uh, and an individual who wanted to to take what he had built and and grew, um, you know, and 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 uh, you know, invest in founders of color and you know people who uh, are are more likely to be minoritized in our society. And I say that with great specificity, right? I don't mm-hmm. like to say like minority women are fifty percent of the world. Right. We are not a minority, but we That's... have been made to be a minority, right? Because we have not been allowed in halls and rooms and, and tables and things like that. So 
it was very focused and it just felt really aligned and um, mission driven around like the, really the ethos of like how I came to be in this space. Like I looked around and I didn't see that people that look like me. So to get the opportunity to invest that way was yeah. really important. That's, that's yeah. exciting. Um, and family offices, um, you know, when you think of families, you think of the Carnegie Mellons, the Rockefellers, the <laughs> but essentially, um, these are major gatekeepers of, of wealth. And so I think we, we, we think about institutional as these big corporations, but they're also just high ultra net worth, That's I think right. is the term, individuals. Um, and there's a lot of very quiet, family offices are very quiet. Most they, of them have no website. They have no website. You don't you, know they exist. You don't know they exist, but they are dishing out some major capital. That's right. They yeah. are, and they're LPs in other funds. So the, the, the funds that you do know, right, the names um, that you do recognize all have family offices as their LPs in, in their fund. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So um, I think this is exciting to talk about that avenue because I think people yeah. don't consider that um, as an option. Mm-hmm. And um, it's definitely an option. And let's talk about um, being a black woman in VC. Whoa. Go. <laughs> Go. Whoa, that is a loaded. We need to make it spicy. That That's a loaded question. How about we add, how do you operate as a black single woman in venture? Ooh, I wasn't going to tell you I mean, that. you know, well, let's, if we just going to be, keep it real, keep it real. Let's just keep <laughs> it all the way real. Um, um, it is a very interesting place. Um, and it is one that I can say, I don't know if I was totally prepared for everything that came my way mm. and that continues to come my way. I can say that without, um, yeah, without a doubt. Um, it is hard. Mm. I mean, when we look at the numbers, and I'm sure your audience and people who listen to your podcast regularly know the numbers. And the numbers for us is like 0%. Right. Let's just call it. It's like right. it's, we almost don't exist. We are <laughs> what I like to call oftentimes a rounding error. A rounding error. We are a rounding error. Yeah. And, and because we we have so few assets under management and things like that as black yeah. women, right. we don't even we don't even register. No. Right? It's no, not even a rounding error because at least a rounding error, you could actually like look and see, oh, okay, that's a million, two million, three million, five million. No, we're like, you know, one person, you know, we're less than 1%. So but we're the most innovative. We're the most innovative going to college more, starting businesses at record right. speeds. Like so right. much of that is happening. Right. Um, and so what I, so, so yes, I will say it's difficult because of the numbers. I think it's exciting because we do oftentimes as black women, we, we know all of that and we still forge a path. We blaze a path forward right. regardless, no right. matter what. Right? right. So the exciting thing is, is just like, well, how much can I mess up? <laughs> right. <laughs> like how much can you actually really, truly mess up on here? Um, so I think that's an, another thing that makes this like really positive and exciting mm. is that there's just so there's there's like there's no limit. Like, cause right. we're, we're, right. like we should just go and go forth as fast and as quickly as we possibly can. Run. Um, run quickly. Um, and then the, the, I think that the, the challenge, though, is that, like, because we have so few 
dollars under management, we can't invest in everybody. So right. it pains me that right. I can't invest right. in all black women or all women that I, you know, meet and founders and all right. really great ideas. I just can't simply invest in them all. I, there's right. just I don't have enough money for it. Right. Literally. That's right? the dilemma. That is the dilemma that we and you, you know this, that yeah. we've looked at deals together. We'll have to be like, oh, gosh. And it's not because they're not amazing no. or brilliant or have a no. good idea. You just can't do them all. We just can't do them all. And I think the other thing, especially working with black women investors, mm-hmm. is, you know, we're exposed to so little. Mm-hmm. Try to find a black woman, chat, GBT, AI, deep tech. It's extremely de- And I know you know some because you know everybody. But, <laughs> right, we... Um, I know a few. So how many black women engineers are there? I mean, it it all stems from what we're exposed to, and we have to really broaden our exposure so that we get more comfortable investing across the asset classes. Because if you could just rely on me and Kiana and the other 20 black women Mm -hmm. who are LPs, my background is fintech, your background is edtech. We can't cover all the spectrums. We just can't. Right? And somebody would have a good idea in the industry I know nothing about, and I feel uncomfortable. That's right. And because that person doesn't have a mentor in that space, it's, mm-hmm. it's very debilitating as a founder. Mm-hmm. And so I think we just have to encourage all of us to get out in these industries, get different exposures, disrupt our comfort zone, and expand our knowledge, you know, however we can, right? Maybe that's going back to school. Maybe that's just working for a startup. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's in all different ways um, that we can expand our repertoire so that we can bring more, I think me and Kiana both share and bringing more investors with us who are first-time investors who've never done venture because we we just can't, we don't have the capacity to write all the checks. And so right. we need more check writers. That's right. That's, we need more check writers. So will you come along with us Please, on this, this is a personal plea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a number at the bottom. And the call. call in, okay? And just <laughs> dial in your credit card, please. 1-800-WRITE-A-CHECK. <laughs> uh, so this is a great way to close out. And I want to know, what would you tell young Kiana? Oh, what would I tell baby Kiana? Go in the direction of your dreams, even if that dream is not yet there. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Miss Kiana, it's been Miss Leisha. Lovely evening with you. Thank you for having me here. It's, I mean, I'm, and why did it take this long? This is what so I want to tell y'all a sidebar. Listen, people listen. give me shade about who I mm-hmm. bring on. I'm a baby mama, y'all. I, I'm literally <laughs> like, who's going to pick up this kid? <laughs> Did I pay the fee for school this week? Y'all, y'all want me my show? Y'all listen, just tell me. Listen. Tell me. I love y'all. I, I am not hating on any I've sister. been listening, y'all. I've been listening. I've been watching. I've been retweeting. Somebody said, tell me some new podcast, you know, Black Women Podcast. I was like, you need to down. Download Leisha. S- you gotta get you to listen. I was. S- I said it. To, I said it. To, we and then I just was like, one day she's going to ask me, and I'm gonna be here. Listen, if you a sister with adventure and you writing checks, call me. I mean, I want to know. I want to know all y'all. All y'all. I'm not a hater. I love you, sis. I love you, sis. People think we cousins already. <laughs> Sisters. That's what I know, they said on Saturday. It's the They're like, y'all relate to your cousin. That's what they said on Saturday. Are they, that's your cousin? <laughs> that's your sister? 
I didn't get Lord, the height. Y'all, I didn't get the height. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> yes, we are sisters in this. Sisters in adventure. Yes, that was right. good. That was that's, good. I know. This okay. is this is okay. why. So, this is why you should have had me a long time ago. This is but long overdue. Yes. Long overdue. But right on time. Right, right on, on time. time. Thank you. Thank this, you. This is Reservoir Second. He wrote. She wrote. <laughs> and here you are today. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for so, gracing your presence. how do we follow you, learn more about the work that you do? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, although, you know, that bird app or dog app, whatever <laughs> it is today, y'all, let me not, let, let, let me be nice. You can follow me on Twitter, okay. Kiana Patterson. You can find me there. Um, you can also, we didn't talk about this. You can find me on LinkedIn too. You know, all that regular good old yeah. stuff. Yeah. But one of the things that we didn't talk about is Cap Table Coalition. So y'all go to www.captablecoalition.com. If you are a black woman, a woman, a person of color, whomever, yeah. and you are in this, in this, you're an ally, you're in this world with us trying to help uh, diversify cap tables and also back really phenomenal uh, founders who just happen to be minoritized, you should uh, join the Cap Table Coalition and, and write small checks. Uh, we are aiming at the Cap Table Coalition to diversify cap tables one deal at a time. And over the last she year said, and small a half, checks. we had two years, about two and a half years, we've deployed about $30 million. Congratulations. That's Thank significant. You. Not my day job, y'all. Not my day job. You said night. Please. At night. I'm Night, weekends, night. in the between time. That, that free labor. Free labor, don't y'all. Get, don't get compensated for angels. Listen. Just let people know right now. The advertisers. <laughs> listen, advertisers, are you here? Are you listening? We need sponsorship. Sponsorship. Okay, so. Yeah. This is this is a call, an open casting <laughs> it's an call. call. It's an okay. altar call. We're casting the plate. Bring, bring your <laughs> wallets, okay? Your wallets, your yes. debit cards. Open we take line, square. Open Listen, the Benevolent Fund is funding <laughs> over here, honey. Okay? <laughs> this is what Avengers, we need it. We That's need right. It. Okay. Sponsor. We have to close out the show because it's happy hour and Sorry. we get way we, too lit. I want to thank everyone. We need to do cocktails. Yes, we need coming. to do like a when our late sponsors night. come. Yes, we'll be able to do that's that. That's right. Let's yeah, do I think it. Uncle Nears might have a few bottles at this Black yes. 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 Okay, let's do it. Well, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thank you so much, Kiana. Thank, Thank you for joining you. us. Thank you, Miss Lisa. In your city and my city as well. Yes, this is your city. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Good Thanks. Luck. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the show. Please subscribe. Tell a friend. Check us out. Let the world know. You can find out more information about this podcast at LeeChabelle.com. And remember, be an angel, invest.